The word of the Lord came on Wednesday saying, resting on the promises of God. Is it not true that the Bible says it is vain to stay up at night and eat the bread of sorrows? Is it not true that anxiety negates our faith? Is it not true that what he says he means and what he means he says? Is he not, is he not a promise keeper? If he said it, will he not do it? Put your hand on the side of your head saying, I will rest on the promises of God. I choose to trust God and put all my faith in him. He will come through for me. When I awaken, I will not awaken to trouble. I will awaken unto the goodness of God and every side of my life. So be it. In Jesus' name. Amen. That's just an extra. Saints of God, last week we had a great time as we had Pastor Etefia minister the word of God to us. Let me test your ability to stay in the word. Can anyone tell me the, the title of the sermon on Sunday? I didn't ask you. On this side. Oti Gokronje. Pastor Etefia brought us the word of God, the covenant of faith. Can we bless God because the covenant of grace is the covenant of grace assembly. The covenant of the grace of God. He was able to do part A. And I am going to be taking the part B this morning. I hope he will join us in service very soon because he'll be excited about this because he called me early this morning because um, there's an emergency in his office. He works in a very sensitive area of the bank and he had to dash there. Unlike some people that come to church when they feel like, I thank God for people who are followers and disciples of Christ. But uh, David said, I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. If you're one of those people, just celebrate yourself because you're truly a lover of the Lord. You're truly a lover of the Lord. This morning, I want to speak to you, saints of God, on the second part of the covenant of grace that I entitled, The Responsibilities of Grace. The responsibilities of grace. God gave a covenant. But the covenant comes with responsibilities. Up on the screen it says that is the way we should live. Because God's grace that can save everyone has come. It says grace teaches us to live in the present age in a wise and a right way. And in a way that shows we serve God. I speak to you about the responsibilities and the duties and the obligations that come to us as recipients of the covenant of grace. Father, we thank you this morning for the covenant of grace that separates us unto God. We thank you because the covenant brings many blessings into our lives confess many privileges upon us but we're careful to play our part 
in terms of the responsibilities that comes with the covenant. I pray, oh God, that you open our understanding that we may be found to be well-pleasing in your sight as we come into a covenant of grace in a balanced way that heaven and earth stand to attention as they see the goodness of God manifest in our lives. The Bible says, when our light so shines before men, they see our good works, they begin to glorify our Father in heaven. We will not only be takers, we will also be givers to the glory of God in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. The covenant of grace is the covenant of the New Testament believer sealed in the blood of Jesus. What a marvelous covenant that guarantees the best of God. But I have a duty to let you know that a covenant comes with responsibilities. Let me define for you what responsibilities are. These are some things that you should do because they are morally right and are logically to be expected of you. I'll say that again. Responsibilities are some things that you should do because they are morally right and are logically to be expected of you if you are downloading the benefits of the covenant of grace. These things are not necessarily they're not necessarily legislated but are nonetheless binding on all of us. They're not the law, but they are responsibilities. The grace of God is a covenant and every covenant involves at least two parties and all parties have responsibilities thereon towards each other. I give you an example. I say the grace of God is a covenant and every covenant involves at least two parties and all parties have responsibilities thereon towards each other like husband and wife. When I marry my wife, I make her, I bring her to the asset of a respectably married woman. She can throw her finger around and people call her madame or something. So I have the responsibility from that point in time to take care of her. She now bears my name. She's not just my wife, she's also my daughter. And that's fine. But she then comes into a relationship that confers what? Some responsibilities upon her by which she has to do some things for me. Is that right? Like, I don't know any law anywhere that says a woman must stay in the kitchen and cook. But most women do that because they see it as a what? As a responsibility towards a husband. There's nothing wrong with a man cooking. Are you there? What are you shouting about? I'm not sure I know what you're shouting about. <laughs> Let's not start that. Let's not start that. You're going to get me into trouble. My wife says, baby, before I married, you used to cook. You used to cook for me. I said, no, you don't cook anymore. I said, I don't old though. I don't nearly reach 60. <laughs> Praise God. All right. Also, every relationship comes with responsibilities. Is that true or not? Every relationship comes with a responsibility. The higher your relationship, come on now, isn't it the higher the responsibilities will be? Let me ask you, relationship between boyfriend and girlfriend is good. 
and there are some responsibilities. Is, is it the same responsibilities between husband and wife? Relationship between friends, the responsibilities. The relationship between best friends, is it the same as ordinary friends? No. Every relationship comes with responsibilities. There's a, there's a parent-child relationship. Parents are well aware of our responsibilities so our towards our children. Is that not so? Hardly will you see a parent that will not take care of their child, send them to school, do all kind of things. But there's a place the child has to realize that I have what? Responsibilities towards my parents. Do you know that that is not really in the understanding of a lot of children anymore? Conveniently so. When your parents were carrying out their responsibilities, you were enjoying it. And all of a sudden, you grow up, you want to say, help me somebody. You want to say, I, I don't grow up now. The thing about responsibilities is, they don't have to be legislated. Come on now. They don't have to be written in a law. They don't have to be passed by the house of assembly. That's why the Bible says, to us children who still have parents, well, I don't even have parents anymore. It says, whatever you, you should give to your parents, don't say you have given it as an offering. What does that tell you? Children have a responsibility to their parents. Whether they like to hear it or not. There's no... There's no um, uh, 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 house of assembly that's going to pass it into law. Because we're not going to fight about it. It's either you want to know or you don't want to know. Well, whether you say you know or you don't know, it ain't there. Hello. I'm talking about the responsibilities of grace. Everybody is talking about the grace of God. Let us see whether it doesn't come with responsibilities. There's a responsibility of church and the member of a church. Can we talk? The church has a responsibility to every member. Nobody is inferior. Everybody is an equal member of Grace Assembly. Are you aware that people are very conscious of the responsibility of the church towards them? You know, most people know all the responsibilities that they're entitled to. But people struggle with the responsibilities they should have. Okay, so are people as conscious of the the of their own responsibility to the church as they are conscious of the responsibility of the church to them? I'll say that again. Are people as conscious of the responsibility they have as members of the church to their church the same way they are conscious of the responsibility of the church to them? Oh, so you know. So the thing about responsibility is this. It is easy to talk about the responsibility owed to you. Human nature never pays attention to the responsibility owed to the person who has carried out responsibilities towards you. That is the B part of the covenant of grace. God has outperformed his responsibilities. Why don't we examine what are our own responsibilities under the covenant of grace? I'll ask you another one. A citizen to a nation 
and a nation to a citizen. Is that not a relationship? So we all know the responsibility that Nigeria should have towards us. We talk about it all the time. What about our own responsibility towards Nigeria? If war broke out against Nigeria, most Nigerians will not carry out their responsibility. Do you know what that responsibility is? To fight to defend your nation. Most Nigerians will not. That is the truth. So, I'm talking about responsibilities that come in a relationship. Let me say something to you. A lot of people want an American passport or a British passport. That's good. Do you know from the day they give it to you, they owe responsibilities and they're not going to run away. But let me tell you the other part. You have responsibility towards them. The tax you are going to pay will be in the region of 30%. You miss it. You will find that that passport can land you in jail. Hello. You know all Nigerians are running abroad. If you evade tax, they will never remember that you used to be a Nigerian. They will deal with you summarily. Because the relationship of becoming an American confers responsibilities from the American government to you, but you too have responsibilities to them. If war breaks up in America, you can't keep your husband at home and say, eh, I, I used to be a Nigerian. It's just because we came to America. Every male of a certain age will be instantly sent to the war front as it is required. No favor. No look anybody face. I'm talking about the responsibilities of relationship. The Nigerians that do not take the, the responsibilities towards their nation seriously, can they now just get to America and begin to take responsibility towards their nation seriously? Oga, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Okay, the church is quiet. There is a master and servant relationship. Does the master have responsibility towards the servant or not? Do servants not always talk about it? Do employees not always talk about what their master should do? Okay. Do servants have responsibility to their master? Bible says, serve not with eye service. It says, even to the harsh one, it says, do a good job as unto God. Okay. Do employees always recognize and carry out their responsibilities as their masters? Please talk now. Okay. I'm warming up. Can you get me? You know where I'm going. Okay. What about between benefactor and beneficiary? Benefactor is your helper. Beneficiary is the helpee. <laughs> Helper and helpee. That's my own language, okay? So, many of us pray, God send me an helper. My helper must land. Anybody disturbing my helper, turn the fire at the person. Uh -huh. Amen. I'm saying amen. Alright. So, we know the responsibility of the helper is what? Come on now, to what? To help, financial. To help, help you get a husband. Help, help you sort out your business. That's fine. But, it amazes me that hardly anybody who received help 
remembers that it is a relationship between the helper and the helpee, between the benefactor and the beneficiary. After they receive help, the helper is standing there and says, I thought we have a relationship. Even as I preach, a lot of people will begin to repent. Begin to repent because when last did you call your helper? When last did you say, how are you doing? Those of us that are helpers, God will heal our broken hearts. Our hearts have been broken in a million places because people receive the help and they just skittle off. Between the beneficiary and the benefactor, there is a relationship. One good turn. Oh. Some people say, I don't have money to give. If you don't have money to good, give encouragement. Give a prayer. Pay visits. Don't just take for your benefactor. And some people will even take it and pretend as if nothing happened. Hmm. Who is with me today, this morning? Should I continue or should I stop here? Is this church or what's happening here? Is, is, this, a, is this a pillar on the ground of the truth? We should speak the truth. Okay. So, going back to the covenant of grace, there are two parties, God and you. God sent his son to die for you. He gave you his Holy Spirit, obliterated all the handwriting of ordinances against you. Delivered you from the shackles of your hometown. Reprogrammed your destiny, sent you helpers, covered you with the blood of Jesus. And after all that happened, are you conscious of your responsibilities under the covenant unto God? So God, grace also confers responsibilities on us. Let me read this scripture that is up on the screen. Let me read it to you again. Now that I've spoken to you a bit. It said that is the way we should live. Because God's grace that can save everyone has come. The, the New King James Version said the grace of God has appeared to all men. But this translation says grace teaches us to live in the present age in a wise and right way. And in a way that shows we serve God. It means the covenant of grace does not just come to deliver us. It, does just come, it doesn't come just to save us. It teaches us how we should live. The recipient of grace should begin to live differently from the way you used to live. It talks about a wise way and a right way. Because the fool has said in his heart, there's no God. You can't live like as if there's no God after you've received the covenant of grace. And you can't live any way you like. You can only, you're only allowed to live the right way. The, your liberty is to do the right thing. Your liberty will never be an occasion for sin. Okay, shall we say because we have received um, grace, sin may abound? No. It teaches us to live the right way in a way that shows we're servants of God. We're not servants of our emotions anymore. We're not servants of our selfishness anymore. We're servants of God. We should live in a way that it is clear that we're servants not of the flesh, but the servants of God. Are you with me? Multimedia, switch to the Bible. Let me read that in the New Living Translation. In my own Bibles, Titus 2, 11 to 12, the New Living Translation has a subtitle. It's subtitle, Rationale, colon. 
the instructions of God's grace. I don't know whether your own has it. If you have it, you can transmit it. Mine has rationale, which means right thinking. The instruction of God's grace. Before it now tells us, verse 11. It says, for the grace of God has been revealed. Read with me. Bringing salvation to all people. And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and what? Devotion to God. How do we receive the covenant of grace? And we're devoted only to the social media. We're devoted to our own likes, our own pro, 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 our, our, our own choices, proclivities. Instead of being devoted to God, it says it instructs us. Girl, can I tell you something? The covenant of grace has another side. It instructs, it teaches that we should live a life devoted to God. If you live a life devoted to God, nobody needs to come and call you when it's time to come to church. The word devotion means sold out. The grace of God is not to be taken in vain. The grace of God is not cheap, uh, uh, pure water so that you can do whatever you like with it. It comes cheap. No, it costs Jesus the son of God. Am I in the right place? Give me that scripture in the NIV. Do we all know God's responsibilities under the covenant of grace? Do we, do we like all his responsibilities? Has God complained one time? Has God complained about his responsibilities under the covenant of grace? No. Question is, are we complaining? Or do we even know that we have responsibilities? I read the NIV, I think. It says, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Read with me. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness. It doesn't have to be seen. Even when it is not seen technically, but it's just not godly. There's some fashion that is not seen. But you and I know that it's not godly. Can I get a witness? There's some ways of doing business. It's not sin, but it is ungodly. Say no to worldly passions. Hmm. Let me leave that one. And to live self-controlled. That's the fruit of the Spirit. If you have received the covenant of grace, you should start showing some fruit of the Spirit. Like, like self-control. To live an upright and godly lives in this present age. Why? So that our light will so shine before men. They see our good works and are able to have reason to glorify our Father in heaven. What is God's benefit from the covenant of grace? Is it not so that people will see how changed we are? How different we are? 
how glorious a children we have become and glorify our Father in heaven? Is it just for us to take the grace and continue to live and say, in any way and every way, I will just get to heaven? Shut up. I'm reading the same Bible everybody's carrying, and I haven't finished reading. The New Century Version, bring that up. Change that to New Century Version. He said, This is the way we should live. That God's grace that can save because God's grace that can save any everyone has come. It teaches us not to live against God, not to do the evil things the world wants to do. Instead, the grace teaches us to live in the present age in a wise and right way and in a way that shows we serve God. Okay, that's the one on the slide. Okay, back off for me to verse 7. Let's start from 7 and then I'm going to read to 12. And this is very interesting from verse 7. What precedes this talk about the grace of God that has appeared to all men, that has salvation for all men, is very important. In the context that we receive this covenant, it says in every way, be an example of doing good deeds. In every way, be an example of doing good deeds. When you teach, do it with honesty and seriousness. Speak the truth so that you cannot be criticized. Then those who are against you will be ashamed because there's nothing bad, come on now, to say about us. You know, that's a big subject. There's nothing bad to say about us. It says slaves or let's say servants should yield to their own masters sometimes at all times trying to please them and not what arguing with them okay they should not steal from them but you show their masters they can be fully trusted so that in everything they do they will make the teaching of god our savior attractive stop them there's a way we will behave that the teaching of the Lord will be annoying to people. It says, behave in a certain way so that the teaching of our God, our Savior, be attractive. Today, that's really the issue we're having. People are not so impressed anymore. Because these covenant responsibilities that should, we should carry out are not being carried out. Verse 11. That is the way we should live. What I read. Eh? Under the covenant of grace. That is the way we should live. Because God's grace that can save everyone has come. 11, 12. It says that covenant of grace teaches us not to live against God. Not to do the evil things the world wants to do. Instead, that grace teaches us to live in the present age in a wise and right way and in a way that shows we serve God. Some people say that the way the Bible says we should live is not possible anymore in these days. Have you heard that one before? They said, no, 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 no. Marriage can't work anymore. It's not like that. Everybody does their own thing. They say, no, 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 no. You can't work for any master like that or you'll be mumu. It will not. They, they, they make it sound like they created the world. They say that God that created the world doesn't know what he's saying. It cannot work like that anymore. 
What arrogance. But I'm talking about the responsibilities of grace. Is anybody in any doubt that what I'm saying is true? I give you one more scripture. And that scripture comes from the contemporary English version of the Bible. Uh, please give me um, James 4.17. It says you should live and do the right, live in the right way. It's talking about do the right thing, the right way. James 4.17, the contemporary English version says, oh, I wish these guys would catch up with me. It says, if you don't do what you know is right, you have sinned. It didn't say if you don't do what the law says. If you don't do what you know is right. It talks about the, the covenant of grace teaches us to do the right things and live the right way to show that we serve God. To let the teaching of the gospel be attractive to the world. So if you don't, if you don't do what you know is right, you have sinned. It's not so much anymore about legislation. Let me ask you, do you know the right thing to do or not? If you don't do it, you'll make the covenant of grace look bad. It's not an occasion for licentiousness. It teaches us to live right and to do right. Ooh. Let me read one more scripture to you. Titus 3, 7 to 8. Titus 3, 78 NIV. The responsibilities of grace is what will make God look good in our generation. It will not allow us to look like frauds. We call ourselves something, everybody experiences us to be something else. And we say because we're under the grace of God, it doesn't matter. Some things are so obvious, <laughs> they really matter. It says, so that having been justified by God's grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things. I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to what? To doing what is good. It says so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to do what? To devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent, excellent and profitable for everyone. Doing what is right and what is good are the responsibilities that come with the covenant of grace. I say everything I have said to say doing what is right and what is good are the responsibilities that come with the covenant of grace. I can give you some examples. God says, as I have forgiven you, forgive others. The covenant of grace is based on total forgiveness. And he says, as I have forgiven you, Come on now. There's no covenant of grace without forgiveness. The Bible says, do good to all. As I have done good to all. The, 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 the covenant of grace has appeared to all men. is available to all men. And some men are receiving it and they keep it. It says, do good to all. You yourself. Especially to those of the household of grace. As I have done good to all. You too do good to all. 
He says, when it's time to give, he says, don't give grudgingly or sparingly. Because the covenant of grace was super abundant giving of the grace of God. Why does God set the example in this covenant and we go the other way instead of keeping faithful to the covenant by the example he has shown? Now give me this slide, my second slide. I like this. Um, th this, this captures it all. My second slide. If you didn't understand anything Pastor Tefia said or what I said, you will understand this one. Under the law, there is a difference between law and grace. Under the law, you have to be good to enjoy the goodness of God. Under grace, it is the goodness of God that compels you to become good. Under the law, you have to be good for God to be good to you. Under grace, God's goodness is first given to you and it was designed to teach you and to compel you and to help you and to nudge you to become good. We should not argue about the responsibility of being good. What is wrong in being good? Okay, how does God take any credit if we don't change? How does God look good if we don't become better? What is the value of the covenant of grace as in touching the world when they don't see any transformation? It doesn't have to be legalized. It just makes sense. If I am good to you, says God, why are you not good to me? If I am kind to you, why are you not kind to others? If I supply your needs, why do you argue about your responsibility to give to my work? When you ask me, you don't ask grudgingly. You ask what you want. When I ask you to give, why are you giving grudgingly, miserly? If you had to pay for your life, how much is your life worth? If you had to pay for your children, do you have enough money to pay for your children? A covenant has two sides and both parties have responsibility. God set the pattern to a much lesser degree. He says, just do a bit of what I, I have done for you. I like this one. I really, really like this one. The Living Bible in Romans 12 verse 1b says, when you think of what God has done for you, is this too much to ask? Romans 12 verse 1b in the Living Bible says, when you think of what God has done for you. Can I see your hand up if God has done wonderful things for you and your family? When you think of what God has done for you, is it too much to ask that you be good because of the covenant of God's goodness called grace towards you? Look at the last part. When you think of what he has done for you, is this too much to ask. You see, it's not about law. I wish husband and wife were sitting next to each other. If what has exchanged between us, is it too much for me to ask? That's what God is saying. I don't, God is saying, I don't have to legislate anything. The goodness of God should compel us to become good, to strive to be better. And Paul warned the Corinthians, it says, 
It says, we then as workers together with him also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. Don't receive that grace in vain. It means don't receive it and change nothing. Don't receive it and act like I can continue the way I'm continuing. No. The grace of God, the goodness of God compels us to want to be good. To be good to others. To be kind to others. To, to put some control on our madness. It's called self-control. Self-control means you can control yourself. When somebody says, no, 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 no. I won't grease. No, lie. You can control yourself. Just choose to control yourself. Because the spirit of even the prophet is subject to the prophet. This is the only way the world is going to be impressed with God or the church or the doctrines that we preach. I want to close with one question. I want you to stand to your feet. Put up Romans 1. Romans 8 verse 1. New King James for me. Romans 8 verse 1. Put it up for me. New King James. I need someone with speed. Can you read the scripture with me? Therefore, or there is therefore, now, come on out, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. There's no condemnation, that's true. But there's a qualification mark. Those who do not, no longer walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. I want to ask you, somebody who denies responsibility, is a person walking in the flesh or in the spirit? How come you have the answer? If you're married to somebody and you're good to the person, and the person denies responsibility to you, can the person be said to be walking in the spirit? What is the person walking in? In the flesh. Give me verse 4. I'm talking about the responsibility. So I'm saying that anybody choosing to walk in the flesh, you are denying your responsibilities under the covenant. It's as simple as that. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Let me ask you, let me see the hands of the good members of Grace Assembly. If you consider yourself a good member of Grace Assembly, if you consider yourself a good member of Grace Assembly, may say, oh, there's so few. The rest of them are visitors. Okay, that's good. Let me, let me, let me, let me ask you. If you deny your responsibility towards Grace Assembly, are you walking in the spirit or in the flesh? I rest my case. To the covenant of grace, when we deny our responsibility to be good to God, are we walking in the spirit or in the flesh? Let's bow our heads in prayer. I'm not going to tell you how to pray, but your conscience that is alive to God will tell you how we ought to pray. And you know God sees every heart. Bible says when you hear the word of God, do not harden your hearts. When you hear the truth of God, it's time to pray. Say, Lord, I have heard balanced truth. 
I have a relationship. You have a relationship with me. I have a relationship with you. I have been walking in the flesh concerning my responsibilities. But today, I change my mind. Forgive me, Lord. Because you are so faithful in your responsibilities towards me. I silence every voice that argues for me to continue the way I used to live and the things I used to say and and I choose to follow the voice of the Holy Spirit. we thank you for the opportunity to consider the truth of the word of God. The Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. As we invoke the covenant of God's grace over our lives and our families and our loved ones, in your faithfulness to your responsibilities, we pray that you continue to give or keep us in your covenant of grace. May your grace be multiplied unto us effectively in all areas of our lives. Even now, particularly so that we are broken concerning our responsibilities to live right, to do what is right, that your name may be glorified. I pray for everyone that has spoken a word in prayer to God in all honesty. I pray that God, you will show yourself strong on behalf of those ones. That every, every promise that has tarried will begin to be activated in their lives. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. As a nation, Lord, teach us the truth about responsibilities. That the church may be great. So that the nation too may be great. In every home. In all the critical relationships between parents and children, between spouses, between business partners, Lord, help us to begin to take responsibilities very seriously. That we begin to enjoy a better life. Thank you for hearing us. We give you praise and glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Before you sit down, tell your neighbor for me, you have responsibilities towards me. 
to pray for me, to love me, to greet me, to celebrate me. Hallelujah. You, you may be seated. 